Wikicast script last edited in 2020. Golly. Good grief. Good golly, it's Marley. That's what uh, Scrooge said when he was greeted by the ghosts. Um, <laughs> That's lovely. That's <laughs> very nice. Obscure Victorian literature-based humour. <laughs> We're back! <laughs> I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is The Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we are talking about Oxford Group. Oh, was it weird hearing that new intro, by the way? That, that felt weird yeah, to it say. It was strange. It was really strange. We're, we've adapted. We're all okay. Um, now that we're on the bi-weekly app. No, bi- no, bi-weekly is twice every week, isn't it? Yes. It's like the difference between biannual and biennial. What's the, what's the phrase? We, we are fortnightly. Fortnightly, exactly. We are like ninja. Um, Which is good because Fortnite's very popular with the kids at the moment, I think, isn't it? Yeah, with their TikToks and their... Um, and their jib jabs. And their, their ripped jeans and all Their job job birds and their <laughs> other Jabberwock-based... Uh, <laughs> I always thought you were going for like an Ewok-based thing. No, <laughs> sadly not. No. Their yub yub birds. Like, you could just imagine that that's what the... You never see, in the original Star Wars trilogy, do you ever see a uh, a bird... Like as like an alien kind of bird. I don't know. I think that's ever like a, a species that you ever something seen. something flies over the swamp that Luke crashes in. I guess, but that. I but that's probably a... not like that's more like a pterodactyl than a bird. A, a pterodactyl, yes. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think you actually ever do. Someone send us. A, I'm sure we'll get some emails. At, um. About that, because <laughs> someone was wrong about a minor detail of Star Wars. <laughs> get him, boys. <laughs> Um, right, so the, the the article this week is Oxford Group, yes? Oxford Group, yeah. Now, so this is interesting and slightly creepy, and it does con- it just only leads me to believe more that um, that my devices are listening to me, um, because we'll 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 hear we'll hear what I'm up to uh, later. Um, but for for now, Oxford Group. Shall I shall I tell you a bit about it? Please. The Oxford Group was a Christian organization founded by the American Christian missionary Frank Buckman, or hmm. Buchman. Buchman? In Oxford? Um, I, I don't think so. I think this is in... No. Hang on, let's read, let's read further. <laughs> Sorry, it's, I've only had a Wikipedia article on the subject. I'm having, I'm having a real doubts about how to say his... How is it spelled? B-U-C-H-M-A-N-N? Just M-A-N. I think that's still Buchman. Buch- Let's go with Buchman. Buchman. We'll probably, we'll probably get a, a few emails about that as well. <laughs> Maybe he was just Butch Man. <laughs> like Hugh he's Jackman. So he's he's very, between, very Butch. Difference between Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jacked Man. Yes. Uh, both very not, fitting. Not to be confused. Anyway. Uh, or a huge Yak Man. Butch, Butch Mann believed that the root of all problems were the personal problems of fear and selfishness. Further, Butch Mann believed that the solution, the worst superhero, believed that the solution <laughs> to living with fear and selfishness was to, rent, was to surrender one's life over to God's plan. Now, he was an American Lutheran minister of Swiss descent who okay. in 1908 had a conversation, uh, no, had a conversion experience in a chapel in... Cheswick, England. Hmm. Uh, that's pronounced. That's spelt Keswick. <laughs> so clearly Cheswick. <laughs> when he attended a decisive sermon, he attended a decisive sermon by Jesse Penn Lewis in the course of the 1908 uh, Keswick Convention. As a result of that experience, he would, in 1921, found a movement called a First Century Christian Fellowship. By 1931, the fellowship had become known as the Oxford Group. Right. I, I, if you could see, if we had video on this call, you would have seen me blinking furiously as I was trying to keep up with all of this. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bit of a cluster. So it's it, 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 the Oxford Group is one of these modern founding churches. <laughs> I feel like there's about a thousand of these different splinter churches. Like Often they're like, you know, Protestant splinter churches or something. And you see these bizarre names like um, the Church of Christ Scientist or something like that. Um, you know, you see they they have these buildings in unexpected places. It's one it's it's one of those basically. Yeah. Gosh, this is strange. Two years later, this is in nineteen thirty-four, William Temple, Archbishop of York, 
paid tribute to the Oxford groups, which are being used to demonstrate the power of God to change lives and give personal witness uh, its place in true discipleship. In 1938, Butchman proclaimed a need for moral rearmament, and that phrase became the new the movement's new name. He headed the MRA for 23 years until his death in 1961. In 2001, the movement was changed to Initiatives of Change. The co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous met through the Oxford group. Okay, interesting. So, so there's a lot going on here. This is... So, so hang on, let's, can we just cycle back to moral rearmament? Yeah. What's, what's yeah, the let's, deal let's... with that? In 1938, obviously quite an important year for rearming. So... Moral Rearmament, or the MRA, was an international moral and spiritual movement that, in 1938, developed from American minister Frank... Oh, it's Butchman, yeah. Um, and then then it, it changed. So, to summarise, I think it's easier to think of it like this. The Oxford Group's literature defines the group as not being a religion, for it had no hierarchy, no temples, no endowments. Its, work, uh, its workers had no salaries, no plans, but God's plan. Their chief aim was a new world order for Christ the King. A new world order. God, that doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> um, Not in 1938, oh it doesn't. It's simply a group of people from all walks of life who have surrendered their life to God. Their endeavour was to lead a spiritual life under God's guidance, and their purpose was to carry their message so others could do the same. Um, okay. Because that's interesting then, because as I understand it, basically surrendering to God is like quite a key principle in Islam. And mm. um, the idea that we are all prisoners of fear and what was it? Fear, anger, hate? What were the what were the Fear things? and selfishness, selflessness. Self- that, that, that sounds an awful lot like the realizations of the Buddha. Like this, this, this is an interesting kind of fusion of, of different concepts that I wouldn't have necessarily yeah. put together. So... so it's quite a lengthy Wikipedia article. Is, is, is it a cult? I'll just say what we're all thinking, Dan. Is it or is it not a cult? Well, the fourth, um, the fourth bullet point in the contents page is titled History. Right. And we have four subcategories to choose from. Would you like, for two points, <laughs> campaigns through Europe, for a further two points, presence in the United States... For another two points, moral rearmament, as we touched on earlier, or for a further four points, attempt to reach Nazi leaders. Okay, Dad, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in my answer as the as D. Attempt to reach Nazi leaders, please. Okay, you've chosen attempt to reach Nazi leaders. (laughs) I recommend Pudder. (laughs) You have have chosen four iron. (laughs) Religious order is in parking lot. (laughs) Would you like to pray again? In the 1930s, the Oxford group had a substantial following in Germany. They watched the rise of the Nazi party with alarm, as did those elsewhere in Europe and America. Butchman, as he will forever be known, kept in close touch with his German colleagues and felt compelled to attempt to reach the Nazi leaders in Germany and win them to a new approach. It was a time when Winston Churchill and Karl Barth were prepared to give German Nazism a chance to prove itself as a democratic political movement, despite its obvious and repeated uh, denunciation of democracy. Hitler had at first presented himself as a defender of Christianity, declaring in 1928, we shall not tolerate in our ranks anyone who hurts Christian ideas. Butchman was convinced that without a change in the heart of National Socialist regime, a world war would become inevitable. He also believed that any person, including the German leaders, could find uh, a living Christian faith uh, with a commitment uh, to Christ's moral values. So he basically tried to talk some sense into uh, Nazi leadership. And it didn't really work. He met with Himmler three times. Wow, that's... Yeah, he never met Hitler, but he met with Himmler three times at the request of Moni von Kramon, an Oxford Group adherent. Have you ever noticed how much Himmler looks like Pyrian Flax? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's <laughs> for those it's... of you who don't know, Pyrian Flax is a member of the Ox cast. Uh he's a great guy. I've I've really, really like Pyrian. And um he does have more than a passing resemblance to what was Himmler's first name? Heinrich. Heinrich, of course it was. Heinrich Himmler. So Google that one if you want a <laughs> you want a comparison. Um Okay, well, so he met with Well, and it, and basically it didn't work because there are some people that can't be reasoned or negotiated with i've actually had an experience like that this week funnily enough i was looking really? through some uh, climate change comments because I, I did a video uh last week on uh, greta thunberg i went to the march in bristol with uh, a boy adam who is deep in his uh, uni work at the moment uh and um i did a video about that and obviously it attracts certain 
you know, it attracted an interesting discussion, and there are some very good points brought up on both sides about you know why she is and why she isn't um, a good a net positive for the movement. Um, but you do get these particularly uh, abrasive comments of basically denying the existence of anthropogenic global warming, and I, for the most part try to not engage if it's very clear that these people can't be won over because much like a christian talking to nazi leadership i think that you do get points for trying but it's an ultimately quite futile act you, you're not mm-hmm. expecting to really win anybody over and i was mm. like ah oh, right this guy's like laid he, he laid in this paragraph and i was like wow it's actually amazing almost everything you said was wrong uh and he was like, fine, I'm going to substantiate every one of my claims. And he listed a whole bunch of links and things. And um, I was like, yeah, okay, right, okay, you know, cracks fingers. Let's, um, let's, let's, let's reply to this guy. And then I clicked on, I think it was the first link that he'd put in as like a supporting evidence. And it was literally one paragraph of a newspaper from 1970 or something. Mm. Um, and I was just like, okay benefit of the doubt and when was the next one and he was like saying something about arctic sea ice which directly contravened what this graph was saying like very clearly and i was just like this is not worth my energy this i'm not comparing myself to um the oxford group and this guy to you know himmler but you have to realize that some battles cannot be won i think Mm. so i've come across another bit in this article and it's the subtitle under methods there's a section called house parties the first Oxford Group House Party was held in China in 1918. It was then held in Oxford. It was then held in Birmingham. And then it was held... The first National Assembly of the Oxford Group was held in Massachusetts and drew almost 10,000 people. So why is it called the Oxford Group then? I, I'm still a bit confused as to that. The name Oxford Group appeared in South Africa in 1929, of course. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Simon, keep up, for goodness sake. Sorry, uh, silly me. I, I, I must not be paying attention. <laughs> Why? Uh, this is quite interesting. Why? This is interesting. So, the name Oxford Group appeared in South Africa in 1929 as a result of a railway porter writing the name on the windows of those compartments reserved by the travelling team of Frank Butchman. Right. So, to refer to his travelling party, some guy wrote Oxford Group, and then the name stuck. It stuck because many of the campaigns of the Oxford Group were under undergirded um, by Oxford University students and staff. And every year between 1930 and 1937, house parties were held at the university. In the summer of 1933, for instance, 5,000 guests turned up for some part of an event which filled six colleges and lasted 17 days. Oh my goodness. Almost a thousand, almost a thousand were clergy, including 12 bishops. Oh my god, it was fantastic. Like that, it was like that plot line of Game of Thrones. <laughs> the high yeah. sector and all of his all of his wandering priests just turning up at King's Landing. Good grief. Really, it just gets better and better. They also were really, they, they were big into slogans. Oh, hit me with some. I do love a good slogan. Pray, colon, stands for powerful radiograms, always yours. <laughs> they also had come clean, every man a force, not a field. When a man listens, God speaks. Interesting sinners make compelling saints. I've heard that before. That's quite. I quite like that actually. Yeah. Um, a spiritual radiophone in every home. I mean, they're not the most compelling slogans I heard from the 1930s. I'll say that much. Um, yeah. Keep calm and pray on would probably be like. I feel yeah. like if, if it was actually you know coordinated from Oxford. Wow, this is completely new to me actually. Oh, that reminds me. Um. So I put this on my Twitter. It might be easiest if you actually look at this. Um, okay. I'll if you go on media that I've tweeted, um, there was a guy who uh, commented something about climate change denial um, on my public Facebook. And I had a look at his profile and he had this thing um, about uh, in his cover photo, uh, which is titled Maritime Admiralty Law. And this is something that I'd never heard of before, but there's like a... Um, conspiracy theory it's also been described as domestic terrorist movement called Freeman on the Land have you heard about this? I found a picture that you've shared it's quite a lot isn't it? Um, yeah. it's, very, it's comparing when you're born to a ship docking at a port uh, and pointing out the fact that it's a birth um, and you come out of your mother's water and the person who who births you as a doctor 
Uh, it's insane. People Facebook is what it is, basically. But um, somebody linked me the uh, the Wikipedia of Freeman on the Land, which is um, a loose group of individuals who believe they are bound by statute laws only if they consent to those laws. They believe that they can declare, therefore declare themselves independent of the government and the rule of law, holding that the only true law is their own interpretation of, quote, common law. This belief has been described as a conspiracy theory. Um, it's it's madness. It was, but it's it seems to have been quite a well known conspiracy theory that I was just completely unaware of. This is very strange. God, it's a thing. Do you know what's odd? This is now the second episode in a row where we've unearthed odd conspiracies. Because do you mm. remember from the last episode talking about um, Miss China? Yes, and that the, just the can of worms that opened. If this podcast uh, were to evolve in some way, it would become a gloom. Yeah, it would. That's absolutely right. Because it's not quite odd, but it is odd-ish. Yeah. Yeah, so good. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> Very. <laughs> did, did you hear the, just the, the sheer exhaustion in my... <laughs> yes, well done. Well done, Grandpa. Yes, you can have a sticker. Okay. Yes, I remember what YouTube is, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass the grapes over in a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, how have you been, Dan? I haven't actually spoken to you since the last episode. We're, we're, we're between us busting conspiracy theories, you've been doing good. I think the last time that we... Hang on. When did the last episode come out? Two Mondays ago. Just before, just after we'd recorded that episode, because I believe we did it on the Thursday, the following day was my birthday. So I'm now... It was, yeah. I'm now a 23-year-old man. Uh, do you feel... Like you are old, wizened, wise. This in is any the way? first. This is the first birthday I think where I suddenly felt like I, f- I, f- I felt older. In your lower back. There's something. Yeah. There's um. There's something. There's something about twenty three that I think is. I think because it probably because it coincides with, you know, I left university. Last year, I started a full-time job. I'm, you know, suddenly adulting really quickly, and then you're 23, and and it 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 made me it made me feel older. I don't know. I feel older turning 23 than I did turning 22, which I suppose is right because 23 is older than 22. Yes, yeah, age is monotonic. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, I I know exactly what you mean. Actually, I think I had the same thing at that age. I feel like 23 is you're in your mid 20s now, whereas yeah, your early 20s, you're like woo early 20s like you yeah. know it's a party time whereas mid 20s you're like hmm mortgages mm, uh, you're like hmm just maybe be a bit quieter and let's just have an early night no that was that's been you every year Dan I don't that is, yeah that is true <laughs> externally Harry internally Hermione that's yeah that's that's you in a nutshell basically internally Nicholas Flamel <laughs> I just want a quiet life. With my, I just want a quiet life. I want books. to potter around with my alchemy. So, yeah, but it was good. It was. I had a. I had a. I had a lovely birthday. Um, it was uh, very jolly. We we went to the pub. There was a good turnout of folk. We then went to a club where there was an equally good turnout of folk. Um, I uh, got very drunk. Um, no, which I know, shocking. Um, I then also, which was absolutely brilliant fun attended the uh, Exeter Caledonian Society uh, Spring Ball which was held in the nave of Exeter Cathedral for our listeners at home sorry our readers at home what does the what is the Caledonian Society for people that might not know what that means the Caledonian Society is a society that celebrates all things uh, Scottish basically yeah so it's a lot of Cayleys whiskey uh, yeah it was great um, so I, I'd gone for, for Two weeks prior to the to the ball, uh, I had been going to the the rehearsals, the practices to learn all the Kayleys. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so I took it very we took it very seriously. Um, Andrew Culver and myself, who's a bass choral scholar, um, we both went off and hired uh, full Highland dress, uh, which was absolutely brilliant fun, um, and we had just a really really fantastic night. It was so good. We had a absolutely delicious supper. Um, all in the you know stunning surrounds of Exeter Cathedral's nave, um, there was an absolutely ludicrous amount of wine um, that was all included in your ticket price. So you got absolutely sizzling by quite a an early hour. 
<laughs> uh, and then we all went. Uh, well, certainly our group went uh, went clubbing. And Andrew didn't get Andrew and I didn't get changed. We just went out in full full gear. We so went, you were we... you were wearing a kilt. Yes. And were you going au naturel or were you wearing underwear underneath the kilt? No, I think because I knew that we'd be going clubbing, uh, I I opted for uh, just a you know a tasteful undergarment. <laughs> it was was not also tartan to make you look no. like some kind of you know Ken doll. Sadly, not. Although I do own, having recently purchased some really spectacular um, kind of tartan patterned uh, underwear, but they're all in really like bright neon colours. So they've got like a yellow waistband, and right. they're, they're like electric pink and green tartan, and they are incredible. But actually, that's the point. Do you have a, a a like family tartan? How did you choose the tartan that you went for? I don't know. I mean, I personally chose one that I thought looked nice. So apparently, I went for I think it was um, McLean of right. Durant or something, or okay. Duarte. I think McLean of Duarte. And I know that my my father's mother was Scottish. Oh, really? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, but I don't. So, so there is a. There's probably some tartan link there. But I, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what. Because it's like, um, it's like having a coat of arms, basically, isn't it? It, it, it is, in, yeah. In Scottish tradition, because my, I've got cousins who are, um, who are on Sky, and they've got their uh, McLennans, so they've got a family tartan. I think somehow there's a Clark tartan, which is like a bluey, greeny kind of one. Um, but and I think my mum might actually own something in it, but I. I don't. Um, I think. I think it takes. Uh, it takes a special kind of man to pull off a kilt. You know. Um, well, I mean, then, then you know, class me as a special kind of man, Simon, because I think I wore it incredibly well. Did you have a sporran? I did. It was furry, and inside, Andrew and I had matching hip flasks full of port, and it was absolutely not, brilliant. Why would you bring port? Why would you not bring whiskey? Because like- we wanted something. We wanted a post-dinner drink, and and port was the way to go. I mean, I must we had some. We fully disagree on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have. I, I likely would have put whiskey. I have a very nice um, Jameson Twelve Year Special Reserve mm-hmm. um, single malt, and it's uh, it's delicious. But I know I no longer have any because um, it's all gone. So it was Andrew too and delicious. I went halves. Yeah, it was really really good. Um, so Andrew and I went uh, halvesies, as I believe the kids say, um, <laughs> on uh, on a nice bottle of port. And then he gave me what I think is called a backy on his bicycle. Yes, yeah. As yes. we arrived at the discotheque. Yes. We played with a hoop and a stick. It was, <laughs> it's marvellous. That's weird. Pixar and I were just watching an episode of Parks and Rec where they did an old-timey sort of living challenge and they were playing with a stick and a hoop, which is not a reference I've heard in years and years. And now that's two in the space of about an hour. That's that's kind of... That's, that's a bit Madness. odd. Madness. Oh, wow. I suppose also, just before, before we move on... Before. Because we, we spent on. so much... Sorry, you went full Shatner then. <laughs> Before we move on, uh, I suppose I, I I ought to just briefly say the reason why I thought this Wikipedia article was odd, given it was the first one that I clicked when I clicked random article I came up with Oxford groups, because I'm going to Oxford tomorrow. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, fun. I'm going up, which is fun. I'm going. To, I'm singing a. Um, I'm singing Matthew Passion in St Giles Church. Uh, nice. With Luciat, who you may remember, I toured with to for a residency at Truro Cathedral last summer. Yes, yeah. Um, so I'm doing that, and Sam Foster, would you believe, oh. is singing as well. And we only realised this today, so I'm going to get to see my old tenor one partner in crime from back in our chapel choir days, which what? is really fun. An absolute Adonis of a man. I love um, Sam. And Foster. then I'm uh, singing with uh, Lincoln College on Sunday for Evensong. Um, I'm actually heading to Oxford. Wait, hang on. I'm heading to Oxford tomorrow. Shut your face. I am going to Oxford tomorrow because I'm giving a talk at the maths department on Saturday morning. And I'm staying with, Simon. with Spiffing Brit. I, I just I only just twigged. Well I'm not I'm I'm not getting in until like nine thirty in the evening. Yeah, I'll be I well I need to write the talk t- tomorrow. Uh and um then I need to get there. But um, yeah, I'm hanging out with Spiffing Brit. But then on Saturday, I, we should we should um meet up and and film something. We should, cuz I'm not um I'm not needed for rehearsal until I think that like it's like 1 or 2 o'clock that afternoon. Oh, cracking. Oh, well, I, I was like, it was what like the Lisa, the Lisa Needs Braces dental plan just ringing in my ears. Like, oh, I'm going to be in Oxford on Friday. Oh, man, I really need to plan for that trip that I'm going to Oxford. 
tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is Friday. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's, well, that's, that's a hell of a coincidence. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, likewise. But you know what else I'm looking forward to, Dan? What? Learning what your choral piece of the week is. Boom! <gasps> Segway! And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Besto. Hmm. The Lamentation. I don't think I know that one. Can you explain no. your invention, young man? Well, you will be familiar with... Um, Oh, God, what's it? Sander's Reproaches. Yes, it was one of my favourite pieces that we ever did in Chapel Choir. It's, a, it's, a, it's in a similar vein. It's, a, it's a, a Lenten anthem that intersperses kind of psalm-style singing, as we would know it, hmm. with like, you know, conventional choral music. But it's, it's like Bairstow's take on Sander's Reproaches. And when you say Lenten, that's because we're in the, the season of Lent at the moment, so it's very... Um, we, Chef. Uh, yes, yeah, Chef. No, Chef, no! Um, it's, it's, <laughs> don't say don't that. Don't say please. that! <laughs> oh, God. I don't think Adam put that in the last episode. I'm going to have to split a little... We're going to go from the Bersto to this little clip of Gordon Ramsay. Two salmon, one tagliatelle. Fine dining! Ah! A fine f***ing mess! Madam! A madam! So it's all very um uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? It's it's all about sort of reflection and forgiveness and that side of Christianity, right? It's all quite ref- calm and reflective and somber. Yeah, I wouldn't say forgiveness. I think it's it's like it's like repentance, right? Yes, yeah, so repentance is the word that I'm looking for, you're right. It's a solemn religious observance. Okay. Right. Oh, that doesn't sound like it was uh, re- stolen from a Wikipedia article. Shut up. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> Shut up. I'm... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's so, so me. <laughs> that's so much, like, hurt behind it. <laughs> um, Shut up, dude. <laughs> so it's the Lamentations of Jeremiah, mm-hmm. which is the same text that... Um, is it Talis? Yeah. Uh, yes. Lamentations of Jeremiah? Yeah. Yes, yeah. except the talus is obviously in Latin. Hmm. So here's a bit of it. So the Lamentations of Jeremiah the Prophet have been set by various composers. Um, Who was Jeremiah? I actually don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't really know this either. Um, let's have a look. So it's taken from the Book of Lamentations, which is a collection of poetic la- uh, laments for the destruction of Jerusalem. Right. It doesn't tell me who Jeremiah was. I feel I should know this. It's, your bread. Oh, it's literally how, your bread and butter, this. How how embarrassing. <laughs> so, Jeremiah's a prophet. I know that because it's called the Lamentations Jason of Jeremiah, Jeremiah. the Prophet. <laughs> He's also called the Weeping Prophet. He was one of the major prophets of the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, um, uh, of the Christian Bible. The difficulties he, enco- he encountered as described in the books of Jeremiah and the Lamentations have prompted scholars to refer to him as the Weeping Prophet. Uh, he... Um, he was a very sad man. The end. Okay, so there we go. We've learned something today. <laughs> Religion 101 with, with Dan Moore, everyone. That thus ends the lesson. The, the, the Weeping Prophet would be a great name for a villain in like a 40k novel. I really like that. Yeah. It, the Book of Jeremiah plays a foundational role in, in, in Christian thought as it uh, pre, presages the inauguration of a new covenant to which the New Testament testifies. So, just an Old Testament prophet. That's I'll, I'll accept that answer. Bank. Wicked. Thanks for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. Um, there's tea and coffee at the back of the room. Please try the veal. It's very nice. Thank- okay, thanks. Bye. I'm going to have fun editing this one. <laughs> Simon, are we in Critics Corner? I think we are. It's very small. It's very it's pokey. Very, it's quite... I feel a bit claustrophobic. It's a Dan-sized Critics Corner this week. What, 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 what are you bringing to the table? Well, it's just a little... It's only a small thing. Um, oh, I God, came do I want to know? From, I came from the, home from, from Evensong today and, and, and work, and while I was eating my dinner, I was scouring Netflix for something to watch. Mm. And on a whim, I encountered some kind of anime thing. This is going to be good. Called Castlevania. Ah, okay. I've heard of Castlevania. Okay, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to dis- uh, This is what Wikipedia, our go-to source 
describes it as. Are you ready? I'm ready. Castlevania is an American adult animated web television series based on the Japanese video game series of the same name by Konami. The first two seasons adapt the 1989 entry Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse and follow Trevor Belmont, Alucard and Sifa uh, Belnades... <laughs> or probably Belnades, not Belnades, but anyway, <laughs> as they defend the nation of um, Wallachia from Dracula and his minions. Okay. It's quite sexually charged. I've seen the first episode. Yeah, here we go. The premise is, when his wife is burnt, this is, yeah, when his wife is burned at the stake after being falsely oh, accused Christ. of witchcraft. That went from 0 to 100 very quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the vampire, Count Dracula, declares all um, declares all the, of the people of Wallachia will pay with their lives. He summons an army of demons which overrun the country, causing the people to live in fear and distrust. To combat this, the outcast monster hunter, Trevor Belmont, which is the first time that the hero is called Trevor, um, uh, takes up arms against Dracula's forces, aided by the magician Sifia Belnades and Dracula's dampier son Alucard. It's it's weird. Basically, okay. it's really odd, but it's kind. I'm kind of intrigued by it. So, uh, would you say that you're a fan of of anime or hentai? I used to. I uh, excuse me. Well, you said it was an adult cartoon. I wasn't sure how adult that meant it. Well, it's was. not. It's not quite that adult because it's on Netflix. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's not that kind of streaming service. So, um, <laughs> uh, I can't. I, I don't know. I can kind of get into that kind of thing. Anime, I mean. Yes, um, yes, yeah. Because I tried watching Attack on Titan. But I think that's the only thing I've ever watched from the genre, and I re- I wasn't really a fan. I don't know if it was the 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 story or if it was the 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 genre itself. But I felt like I haven't given it enough of a go. Basically, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine at school, used to convince me to watch, and I did watch for a bit an an anime called Cowboy Bebop. I've heard great things about that. Yeah, and it's it was really good actually. Um, James and I, my uh, my housemate, recently finished watching all of Avatar. Yeah, no, you're like the third person to tell me that recently. That yeah, they re- it's kind of, it's like, it's all right. It's, it's a like bit rambling. It's like three seasons, right? It's actually quite a short thing to watch. Yeah, except every season has like 500 episodes. Oh, I wasn't told that bit. I mean, I've been used to TNG yeah. where it's like 26 episodes a season. They're all like 15 yeah, minutes long. It's probably, it's probably about 26. But, but they're all like 20 minutes? Yeah, about that. Okay, that'd be quick. I could knock that out in like a week. Yeah. I'm not terribly productive at the moment, Dad. No, that's a lie. I, I generally t- I tend to watch one thing at lunch and that tends to be Star Trek. But but, but yeah, I've 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 watched Cowboy Bead, but what are the other ones that I've heard of before? I'm looking at Oh, a, a, is that Attack on Titan? Yeah, yeah, that's the but that's the most famous one arguably. Yeah, I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it. There's another one that I just can't quite remember. Uh are you thinking of like films like Akira? No, I've seen quite a bit of Studio Ghibli stuff, which is now on Netflix. Apparently, it is. It's fantastic. So I really do. And I feel like that's that's the world's telling me. Oh, I need to get Death it Note. Oh, uh, as in the original, not the American live action remake. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the um, other classic. That's meant to be amazing. Do, are you watching this with subs or with dubs? So subtitled or dubbed? Um, it's dubbed. Ah, no. I was always told always sub, never dub. Yeah, the Netflix one, I, I, pro- I probably can change it to Japanese or something, maybe. I don't know. Because this is... what well, Castlevania is a Netflix original. Oh, really? That's one... Okay, I'm currently putting into my my Google search, anime food orgasm. Because <laughs> there was a... There's a weird... Here it is. Here it is. I found it. Sure. A, sure, Dan. Oh, this is so weird. Um, so I'm on vice.com because of they, of course, know what I'm talking about. Um, there's an anime called Food Wars... Right, right. And the the this article is titled "I can't stop watching this weirdly sexual cooking themed anime." Um, <laughs> sure. The first paragraph reads thusly: Have you ever eaten something you describe as orgasmic? Do you, like Marcel Proust or the food critic from Ratatouille, occasionally get transported to a distant memory by a spoonful of chicken soup or a bite of apple pie? Now imagine that every time that happened, you experienced a euphoric dream sequence in which your clothes flew off into uh, the ether or if when you're when you ate something disgusting a creepy tentacle monster joined you at the table this is food wars wow that's certainly it's really really weird i've never seen it but i've heard about it maybe we should watch food wars maybe we should we've got a lot of content that we said that we should either watch or play like danby with the deep callbacks the other day to like 
Freddy Farkas Frontier Pharmacist that we said we'd play and never yeah, never got gosh. around to. Like he's got our Golly. number down, but I, I'm wary of saying that we should watch anything at this point. Yeah, he's on to us. But yeah, no, no, I should give it more of a go. But you've been enjoying it, basically. You, you've been enjoying a foray into the world of, of anime. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. I said, I've only seen the first episode, so I might watch the second one and it could be completely just intolerable. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to try and get into it. I feel like I'm going to do a Lewis Brindley and start defending it. <laughs> go f- um, never go full Lewis, Dan. Yeah, Although he did yeah. very kindly. He very kindly uh, did two things for me, actually, recently. He, one, uh, I left my wallet in Bristol accidentally and he posted it to me which was very kind although they did, did you write, take all the cash out first uh, i didn't have it dan do, you, do i look like the kind of guy that has money um I'm a, i make youtube videos for a living of course i don't have money um so it was empty as it was left um and he did write dr simon clark esquire on the um on the, the envelope which was terribly nice i don't think he actually did it. i think daft probably did it um and then the other day when we were streaming we couldn't get the game that we were all trying to play to work which was endless space 2 um he was just like right we'll play Northgard, simon i'll buy it for you and i just got sent like a copy on steam by him that he paid for with his own actual money so thank you bless Lewis. bless him i made I, I i as yet don't know if i agree with you on anime or not because i haven't watched enough of it but i feel like I, this has spurred me to give it more of a go um and, you know, you're all right in my book, so perhaps I should give it more of a shot. Marvellous. Very quickly, something that I will recommend. Um, I did. I said this on stream the other day. Have you ever heard of a guy called Ross Edgley? I have not. So he's, he's a really interesting guy who um, has done a bunch of sporting challenges. And um, the one that I've really gotten into uh, with watching with Pixel Girl is he swam uh, around Great Britain. So in a think like 170 days straight, he swam for like an average of 10 or 12 hours a day um, from Margate right down the south coast up to the tip of Scotland, down the east coast. Um, and he was in the water for so long that like his tongue started dissolving uh, because of the salt. My gosh. He lost the arches in his feet. He found it difficult to walk when he was like, because he was just spending so little time on his feet. Um, and there's a, the, um, he was sponsored by Red Bull and they produced a series about him. So there's like an episode a week. Um, and this was like a year or so ago. Um, so it's all out there. And it's just... Yeah, really interesting, compelling viewing because it's like him struggling through it. And when you're swimming, you obviously have like a lot of time to reflect because you can't listen to music or anything. Um, yeah. So you do a lot of interesting thinking when you're swimming and he did a lot of swimming. So he's got some interesting thoughts. But I found him because of um, Niall Wilson's gymnastics channel. Um, and, it, and the guy looks jacked. He looks like a Greek god. Um, it's it's kind Sorry. of amazing so if people are into that kind of thing for whatever reason or if you like inspirational stuff give ross edgley a go and i'll put a link to all the stuff we talk about in the show notes as always i think that leaves us dan to go and make a special announcement in patreon corner whoa So, Dan, the special announcement, which we have to make in Patreon Corner. Uh, but actually, before I make that, let's hold the tension a little bit higher. What is Patreon, Dan, in like 20 words or fewer? I'm so glad you asked, Simon. I'm so glad you asked. Patreon is massively important. It's uh, All right, that's your 20 words podcast. up. Thanks, Dan. Uh, so, no, uh, sorry, I'll give you another 20. Go. No, that's that, That's it. That's it. You, 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 got, you got your 20. If you, yes, didn't, if you didn't know what it was before, you're not going to learn now. You should have paid more attention. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and it pays for making the show possible, basically. It pays for yeah. our, uh, our server rent for the um, podcast hosting. It pays for, it pays for uh, uh, editing. Uh, when Adam edits the show for us and uh, allows us to do some other ventures. But what Patreon also allows us to do is uh, if you donate to the Patreon, uh, then you get to vote on certain aspects of the show. And I put in a poll uh, last week asking uh, the good readership of the show, who should we invite to be uh, our guest on the, on the podcast? Because we've got quite a few people that have said they'd be interested in coming on, um, have expressed an interest uh, in, in being subjected to our unique form of a comedy and um the vote was uh between a couple of individuals the winner was hannah witten so i will have a chat to hannah and i will uh, attempt to book her in she's a very busy girl but i will attempt to yeah. book her in yeah uh, and uh we'll get dan hot under the collar with 
basically anything Hannah says. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite the show, I think. Um, How exciting! Gentlemen. But um, yeah, so we've got we've got options in the future. But in, at some point in the next couple of weeks, we will we will be having a guest. So your best be on your best behaviour, Dan. I, I'm I'm always on my best behavior. Yeah, that's that's worrying because it says a lot about how good your behavior could. You've already hit the ceiling of your behavior. It's it, it's what? Sorry. It's worrying. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> so, it's been a while since we've had that callback. Oh yeah, that's a throwback. I dusted off an old one there. That's <laughs> pretty good. And he doesn't mean what he does behind the cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. Right. Do you want to say thank you to anyone in particular, Dan? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm still trying to work out where you dusted off an old one, please. I can't I just tell closed if Patreon. you're doing assassinations or if you're like doing favours for the parishioners. I'd like to say thank you to our, our top dogs. Oh, of course you would. Yes. That seems like very um, very much something you would do. And and they read thusly. Alistair Fortune, Ben McMurtry, Colin J. Brown, Eric Davis, Eric Bolliger, Eve Sharples... Oh, again, again. Jackson de Borvgorski, Godzo, uh, Kyle Perry, Maggie, Peter Reed, and Samantha. Thank you so much. I, like the sensible person that I am, would like to thank, however, the top cats, the people who believe that cats are the superior household pets, and so are correct. Uh, I'd like to thank Chocker Cat, Christopher Betterton, Cole Mansfield, the one and only Daniel Hanvey, Isabel Ostrowski, John Mannion, Kenneth Kuzmirek, Leila Medina, Lewis Watson, Nafi Iftikar, Iftikar, I'm going to go with that, Oliver Burkhart, Oliver Craigie, Omar Miranda, Princess Andromeda, Rents Kirk, Riverward, Tom Withington, and Trustworthy Ginger. Thank you, one and all, and I'll give a special shout-out to a $1 patron. That's all we want. We just want you to buy us a can of Coke every month, guys, to help us keep the show on the road. I would like to say uh, thank you very much to Alicia Williams. Thank you for supporting the show. Marvellous. Do you want to do that for a top for a $1 dog or or not? Do they not um, deserve yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I would like to say a huge thank you to... Adam Batten. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Fadam. Yes. <laughs> Move. Yeah, good. This is good. <laughs> this is going. This is good. Top lad. Daniel. Hmm. Sorry. Could you? Can I get a little bit more enthusiasm from this, please? <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I was in another place. Don't. Yes, my love? Ah, you're like that baby. <laughs> you're the peanut butter coloured baby. <laughs> Does that feel good? Uh. Uh. Right, so let's try that again, shall we? Daniel? Yes? We got a confession for us. We got. Oh no. We're making a return to the Church of County Pedantry. Oh my goodness. We got this it. Is, it's it's been so long. We're gonna we're gonna fit ourselves into the confessional booth, uh, and uh, Dan's. Have you been dusting off old ones in here? It's, I have. Sorry, it's a I've certain left a bit of a mess. Pungent odor in here. Anyway, we got a confession here from Redacted. Dear Mrs. Clark. Oh, very very good. Dear Mrs. Clark, PhD, and more. Sign of Moore's forehead and Clark's beard. <laughs> What would the sign yeah. of Moore's forehead be? Is it just like the... I don't know. Is it's it a like never-ending sign. The John Cena, like, you can't see me, but just, like, over the forehead, as if you're buffing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's it. And you have to go... <laughs> to a high sheen. <laughs> Forgive me, fathers, for I have sinned. My last confession was three millennia, four centuries, one decade, two... Jesus Christ, you're 3,000 years old? Um, one decade, two years, five months... Two weeks, six days, nine hours, eight minutes, seven seconds, and half a plank time ago. When? What? Brilliant. Hang on. 3,412 years ago. 2018 minus 3,412. What happened to the year minus fi in 593 BC? Nothing happens apart from Sappho returns from exile in Sicily. Actually, no, no. Hey, that that's good. Sappho is a legend. Actually, it's not quite right because did you know that there is no year zero in the Julian, well, in the in the AD or whatever it is, CE BC calendar, there is no year zero. So there you go. You have to go back an additional one. In which case, 
Sappho still returns from exile in Sicily. Well, that was an exercise worth doing anyway. Uh, you're bloody old, Redacted. Brilliant, yeah, thanks for that. During the past general election, December 2019, I, a foreign national, obviously from Ireland, interfered in the democratic process through, through a financial contribution. I want you to see the Right Honourable Jeremy Corbyn get Brexit done and rebuild public ownership. Yes, I know that was not his slogan. <laughs> to this end, I sent something like 20 United States dollars to the Labour Party. I recognise that as a US citizen, I should not be involving myself in the affairs of other countries' elections. However, I was tantalised by the fact that the UK election law only classifies contributions worth more than £500 sterling as donations, and thus anything smaller than that is not regulated, making everything I did completely legal. Nonetheless, I felt overcome by guilt, especially having received the thank you note sent at the beginning of December. But arriving nearly a month after the election, I was reminded of this great sin of election interference that everyone keeps talking about. This is all I can remember. I'm sorry for these and all my sins. Now, what's interesting here, Dan, is that Redacted has worked out that they've not actually done anything wrong. Hmm. Illegal. I mean, so in a way, they've, they've quite helpfully done our, done our job for us. But, but nevertheless... They have also put together a uh, what well, I don't uh, would it be a responsory prayer? I'm not quite sure what the what's the what's it, the um, it reads like a collect a co- well, yeah it's like the we are truly sorry for everything that we've done please mm. no ban uh, it's like a, it's like um a pen, like the penitential right that's it the penitential right that's what I wanted um, yeah. so redacted has uh, has helpfully written out a prayer for themselves here oh my spongy. <laughs> Oh, my spongy, I am heartily sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's, a, that's a deep cut for uh, choral listeners. Uh, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all of my sins, because I dread the loss of electric and the pains of missing your episodes because I was too busy, but most of all, because they offend thee, my spongy, who art all good and deserving of all of my cats and dogs. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's meant to be amen. I just realised. Like, Very good. Very good. Most sincerely, redacted. Oh, for the love of God. 2.26... This is like a... I feel like I'm uh, Captain Picard reading out a star date now. Um, yeah. 2.262193... Two five nine five eight seven seven eight zero six six eight seven five three four oh six one four two six one five six five times ten yep. to the eight yep. seconds old. <laughs> Marvelous. And then at the end of the message Yeet question <laughs> mark. Yeah, that's that's how they do it. That's how you properly sign off a formal letter. Wow, redacted. Well, I think you've you've absolved yourself. That was the most. That was that was the most efficient absolution that we've ever had. Um, Fantastic. So uh, yeah, redacted. Very very fine indeed. Well, th- thank you very much for getting in touch. If you have something that you would like to confess to, you can receive a guaranteed absolution unless it's for war crimes. Um, in the Church of County Pedantry, uh, which is in the Irish quarter of Dubai. I can't remember what the law was for this. I'm just going through the correspondence. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in here. We've got one that jumps out uh, straight away. I I might, uh, if I could have a moment of your time, I'll, uh, I'll read it through. Of course. This is Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore. Firstly, may I say an enormous thank you to Prof. Moore for the mention of one's own composition in Choral Piece of the Week. In a previous pod, I am and was very flattered Wait to have a your little project and venture and to have read some airtime. Hats off. Is this, you. is this an email from John Sanders? This is... Yeah, it is. It's actually... No, it's actually... Um, it's Thomas Tallis. Oh, he was, he was quick off the mark. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um... Lamentations of Jeremiah, fantastic! No, this is um, this is Professor Matthew Can. Ah, of course. He goes on to say, "I would like to suggest a plan for the future. 
ultimately incorporating listening to your podcast with a drinking game. Anytime either one of you mentions gosh, golly, or some other 1920s vocalization of surprise, drink. <laughs> I imagine why I imagine one might end up rather squiffy if this were the case. Oh, I think he's my probably word. right. I would love nothing more than for our readership to come up with a drinking game for the Wikicast. I Wikicast bingo. No, 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 no. It's got to be drinking in there. I, 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 I demand that. Can you imagine how great it would be if people had like a listening party or something, or you, or you do, you just like have it on in the background with a significant other, and you just yeah. get hammered together. Or an insignificant other if you're in that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah whatever. But yeah, it's 2020. Relationships yeah. are complicated. We, yeah. we, I, that's one because the thing is that's absolutely squarely aimed at you, and I don't think it's fair that you should be the one that's getting everybody drunk on your own like we need what's something readers write into us and let us know what you think a good fair drinking game that would mean that both dan and i are causing merriment in equal measure if we can get something if we can get some good ideas and we can formalize it we'll put it into some kind of document or visual aid and we'll pop it on the patreon and the facebook page for people to for to peruse at your leisure yes Absolutely. Um, Mr. Can goes on to say, uh, so, and this is this is an even an even better idea for this drinking game. I, for one, will not, however, be partaking in this game as I tend to read your podcast while at the gymnasium, ah. uh, discotheque, or while driving my automotive mobile. <laughs> Therefore, participation could result in severe personal injury and endangerment of life for others. Now, the latter seems a perfect reason to do this game. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is this an idea worth running up the flagpole to see if anyone salutes? Worth putting into bed um, and seeing if anyone shags it? Worth putting in one's pipe and seeing if one smokes it? So many allergies, so little time. Yours, Matthew Can of Faubourg and Fame, age something ludicrous that I can't even calculate. <laughs> very, very fine. Well, thank wow. you, Professor Can, for that correspondence. I, I, I think correspondence. We, we asked this a while ago, but I'm not sure how many responses we actually had. I would love to hear if people listen, if people read the, the podcast in unusual places like where do, where do you read the show because i tend to read podcasts at the gym I, I i read the greatest generation at the gym or when i'm doing the washing up those tend to be the mm. two times that i that i i do so whereas you do when we were at home you used to have stuff on in the background all the time do you listen to it at work all the time mm. yeah so i i usually have at least at least well only one headphone in so as not to appear rude um but it, it's it varies from listening to I'm always listening to something. It's either music, podcasts, audiobooks, anything. But I I I I, I like having something just kind of blipping away. Sometimes it's even this Wikicast, you know, mm. um, this uh, just to check that we're still maintaining the the sickeningly high standards of broadcasting <laughs> um, that we we aim we aim for. We we are in the podcasting sphere. Simon and I will we only ever skim the zenith. Of of quality, um, unintentionally, purely unintentionally. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just looking at the map the wrong way around. We think it's the Nadir, but actually, it's the Zenith. Uh, the keep, Zenith. Keep delving, Dan. I want to meet the Balrog. <laughs> we should. We shall continue to dig too greedily and too deep. Woof. Okay. Oh gosh. Oh, there's a there's a gosh there. Uh, we have an email here from the one and only Daniel Hanvey who has uh, oh, come up with, uh, on the subject of our, our announcement earlier, uh, some more podcast guest suggestions. He's suggesting that we could possibly get Hugo the Human Wick Wickham. Uh, yes. He does. He, it's it's surprising how many people know that nickname of his that he tries, he's tried to repress for years. Oh, Wicky The Human boy. Wick, yeah. as we all call him. Um, yeah, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, and, and he can get quite hot sometimes. He's He's, you know... He's a sweaty man. <laughs> you mm, very quite hot-headed, hot fiery. <laughs> so um, I'm sure that there's a word. Uh, he's got quite a tallow complexion. I'm working on it. Yeah. You know. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, who else is he recommending? Uh, Chris Trot. I would love to get with the hats. I don't think we could have all that three would. at once. I think it would be a bit much. Um, it might be a bit much. I think they also each they they each deserve their own time. I think so. Maybe we could do back to back episodes. Or we'd have like a relay where they trade, they they trade in and out, you know. Yeah, yeah, tag team. Uh, that's uh, also Matt Gray or Tom Scott. Um, now I th- I reckon both of them would probably say yes. I know Tom is leaving the UK uh, for a year. He's going travelling, so that may be difficult. But Matt, I'm sure, would come on, um, mm. and he is a professional audio person. So no doubt, be bowled over 
bowled over by the quality of our operation here. So I'm sure. That's, yeah, I, I, and dear readers, if you could think of anybody that you think would make a good uh, podcast guest, um, do let us know. Can't work wonders. We only know so many people and have so many you know favors and things to pull in. But uh, we could try our best to make stuff work. So let us know if you, you'd like to see come on the show. And I think finally, Simon, we have one last piece of correspondence for today's episode. Comes to us from Fergus, Fergus Hall. Ah, I remember. And I the email is titled James McMillan. And something else uh, that might assume you. Dear Messrs. Mlark and Core. We don't think we've had that before. No, I think we've had that. We've definitely had that. Oh, have we? Oh, sorry, Fergus. Never mind. (laughs) Try harder next time. Uh, I am the the guy that emailed about Gaelic Passam. Ah, yes. Just before the great hiatus of of 2019. (laughs) I remember it well. The secret Um, ex-maledictum of the podcast. When Dan mentioned Miserere last episode, I immediately thought Macmillan. I'm so glad that amazing piece got a mention. I love it. Uh, that key change at the end, though, it's, it is excellent. Uh, Macmillan is a very interesting composer whose music I've been very into for a while. The 16 have an album of Macmillan's music, including the Miserere. I have that very album. It's very fine indeed. Mm. Um, I would absolutely recommend um, O Bona Jesu, Gallant Weaver, and Seven Last Words from the Cross, um, which is an awesome text, actually. That's a really great... Uh, composer, American composer called Daniel Elder who who does a lot of composition for Westminster Choir School in America. Ah. And his setting of The Seven Last Words of the Cross is incredibly powerful. It's very, very good. I don't good. think I know that. I'll have to give it a listen when I'm uh, editing this one. Mm. Um, the last one is a bit intense but certainly worth a listen. Sorry to whittle on a bit of a geek in this department. Unrelated note to either of you listen to the Australian band Tame Impala. If if not, certainly have a look at the album uh, for the I know uh, that look name. Out. Yeah, I, I used to listen to them. I swear I've I haven't listened to them in ages. But I need to I need to find Tame Impala. That's a, a good good suggestion. All the best, Fergus. And then there's a link to his website, which is pretty cool. A web zone? Um, Fergus Hall, composer and musician. I've got a click to enter. I'm doing that right now. Oh. Um, if if any listeners want to check out Fergus's website, if you want to send him some pizza rolls, FergusHallComposer.com. We'll put a link to his web zone in the description. Into the show notes, even. Sorry, it's not YouTube. I've got YouTube on the brain, Dan. I've been making a lot of videos recently. This looks really cool. Nice one, Fergus. Yeah, keep it up. Yeah, keep 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 it up, and, and I will actually have to check out that recommendation because I do I do like Macmillan's stuff, and I need to broaden out that bit of my listening. So uh, excellent, excellent correspondence all round. I think. So Daniel, what have we learned today? Simon, today we learned about the Oxford Group, which was yeah. much <laughs> like last episode, a weirdly roaming, uh, dark, maybe a tangential, cult with slight Nazi maybe sympathizing a, maybe, roots. Maybe. Well, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's strictly sympathizing because I think they were trying to dissuade Hitler from going down the route of, of <laughs> World War, but they then they. They do say phrases like a new world order. Yeah, which... it's a bit... It's got touches of the 30s over it. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it doesn't really float my proverbial goat. So I've got, <laughs> got to be careful there. Goats, those famous aquatic animals. Yeah. You, know, you know, you get you get seahorses, you get... Uh, do you get water sheep or anything like that? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Sorry. Can you just think about what came out of your mouth? Yeah, and then yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what animals do you get? Water sheep. What farmyard animals on. have water? Aquatic. Com- yeah, you do. Like um, uh, you've got sea a cows. PhD. You, you, you get you get sea cows like dugongs. Yeah, but why didn't you say sea cow then? Not water sheep. But you know, it, it's like it's oh, like- water sheep. <laughs> you know, like tardigrades oh, of water oh, pigs. Help. Again, Simon, it's fine. I'm going to... Back to Winnipeg! Hang on. Water sheep. Water sheep. Oh, the PewDiePie wiki, there is a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not a thing. But, okay, right. But are water goats actually a thing? Water goat sheep is the most lucky in life, according to Chinese Zodiac uh, astrology. Oh, and there's (laughs) there's some amazing stock footage of, like, goats apparently surfing. (laughs) Wow! Look at these guys kidding around. Hang on. Yeah, very good. I'm gonna send very you. Good. I'm gonna send you a picture on on, on Discord. One sec. 
That's now that is a goat that has been floated proverbially. That wow, golly, that's quite a fetching yellow life jacket it's wearing. I think you mean Billy. (laughs) (laughs) If you keep doing these awful puns, Simon, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get quite gruff. Ah, nice. Brilliant. What were we saying? Something, something, high quality broadcasting, something, something. Dark side. Zenith of, oh, uh, yeah. of production and content. No, it's definitely the uh, the apex. <laughs> this is definitely as good yeah. as it gets. That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, you know, if we're going to change the outro, I mean, maybe we should change this yeah. bit as well. But actually, no, we'll film something this weekend. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. We'll prove it's ourselves fine. right. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, If you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Your own podcast reading locations, drinking games, suggestions, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another Tumble Down the Wiki Rabbit Hole, and and we'll we'll see see you next time. time.